Are we on here? There we go. Yeah, it's uh, interesting, Jeremy, that the people who come here, it seems like you just send out to other places. So is this, is this kind of a warning for the people coming here that God may send you out to another location? Man, let's see. This is working until I got here. All right, is that still going to be okay, Lynn? All right, all right. Um, uh, Jeremy, we, the people that you st- send out from this church, we are standing on your guys' shoulders. We, we are, you are our foundation of having invested in us, trained, loved us, and, uh, and then you're sending us out. And so uh, we are standing on your shoulders in the sense that you have been our foundation. Uh, churches like, like Iowa Falls has been a foundation uh, for sending out people to Europe, to Grimes, uh, to Africa, uh, to different locations. So I'm grateful to you, to this, to this body, uh, for kicking us out uh, 21 years ago and saying, sending us to the Czech Republic where we uh, began ministering with, in church planting with, with Czechs there. Um, so grateful to, to this congregation uh, for doing that, for your investment in us and, and continuing to pray and, and be with us. Uh, you folks who are, who are new, new here, just want to warn you, uh, be careful. God may uh, grab your hearts, and he may be sending you to a, a location. Uh, maybe not over to Europe or, or to a- uh, Africa, but maybe he's going to send you to another location to be light and salt where he would send you. Or he leaves you right here in this location uh, to be light and salt. So um, my wife... Susan sends greetings. Uh, I cannot be here with my whole family today. Alex and I are back just for a few weeks uh, in some ministry opportunities, as well as uh, we're looking at some uh, colleges for Alex. He'll be graduating. Uh, You can see a picture of us uh, that's on the back table. Feel free to to pick those up. We had some pictures made, uh, and so you can post that on your refrigerator every time you go to get a snack. Please pray for us. uh, and uh, let me just highlight, uh, I was talking about our city teams this morning during Sunday school, the different Reach Global Evangelical Free Church city teams that are around Europe. This is a, a brochure that is, shows a short uh, synopsis of every city team and then how to pray for them. And so if you'd like to just know what's going on in Europe, pick up one of these brochures on the back table and uh, you can become a bit more aware of what's going on in our Europe contexts as well. I just ask you to to join with me in prayer, please. Our Father, we are are grateful that you have chosen to reveal yourself to us through your word. Father, that you have taken the initiative to know us, to pursue us, that you have taken the initiative to, to love us, to reveal who you are. And we look into your word this morning, and I I pray that you would give us ears to hear you as you speak to us through your word. Lord, that you give me uh, clarity and carefulness to be able to explain your word and to uh, explain it to your people here, that they might go away changed and different, 
because they have met with you through your word today. Lord, bless your presence here as we look into your word, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Those of you who uh, may be a little bit older generation, or those of you who enjoy listening to, to past uh, music, may be familiar with, uh, with this song. I'll just read the first verse, and it goes something like this. Uh, you may be a state trooper. You might be a young Turk. You may be the head of some big TV network. You may be rich or poor. You may be blind or lame. You may be living in another country under another name, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Uh, the uh, wisdom, the, the words of uh, the author Bob Dylan. Uh, some of you may listen to him today. Some of you may have listened to him in the past. Uh, but I think what uh, the songwriter has gotten to here is a part of us that when we are born first, it's a part of our DNA to serve, to help. We either will serve ourselves, we'll serve our company, we'll serve the people around us, but there's something inside of us that from natural birth causes us to serve. And when we are born again into God's kingdom, that DNA, that aspect stays with us, but uh, there's something that changes inside of us. The, the motivation, uh, the method, the, the mandate to serve, God is recreating within us. Um, folks, you can't get away from serving. Yesterday, there were some great opportunities that, that happened, and we're going to hear from uh, someone just a short testimony of what God did in his life and, and through him. But an opportunity to serve people to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this community so that people would see in real life who Jesus is and how God loves him. Uh, it's what we're made up to be. My message this morning is to uh, just remind us of, uh, of the motivation that, uh, that God is developing within us, the, the method that he's laid down for us in the example of Jesus, as well as the mandate or, or the must that we need to follow as we serve in our lives. Um, it's a familiar text. Uh, John chapter 13. It's a text in which it, uh, Jesus has come to the end of his journey. The, the text begins by saying Jesus knew that the time had come. Uh, and therefore, and then John goes on and, and relates. But, but you might remember that this is the time that Jesus is relaying to his disciples the most important aspects of life. He's, he's leaving them with a story and an example so that it's indelibly impressed upon their minds and in their hearts. And he starts in, in verses 1 through 3. And he says, go ahead, Lynn, and into the next one. And he starts in verses 1 through 3 of John chapter 13. And he says that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and that he is returning to God. 
Interesting. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God, and that he is returning to God. There, there seemed to be something in Jesus that he knew exactly what the Father had invested in him. He knew his identity of what the Father had given him. Brothers and sisters, my motivation to serve comes when I am following, when I'm cultivating the truth that God says about me. There's a lot of truths that we pick up in our world today. There's of who you are, what is your identity. They're confusing. They're, they, uh, they sometimes conflict with Scripture enough that we're, who's right in this world? Who am I? And yet as we continue to return to what the Father, what Jesus says is true about us, we're cultivating the motivation for being able to serve in a way that the Father has, has designed us to serve. Jesus lived in the knowledge that his relationship with the Father was founded and built upon grace, founded upon a relationship and not a merit that he'd earned. It was, which then gave him the answers to the basic questions that we face every day. Who am I? Where am I going? What am I here for? As I, in my life, I, I look back into what are the, the key things that that describe who I am, who is my identity. Um, I like to return to a verse in which Jesus, uh, the Father speaks of Jesus. It was, uh, and you can, through the next slide, it's when uh, the Father, uh, Jesus being baptized, and it says, John says that there's a voice from heaven, and it says, this is my son whom I love, in him I am well pleased. Um, when I think about my identity as a person, who I am, what I'm here for, where I'm going, this verse just sums up so easily for me uh, who I am, what's my identity. This is my son. If you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus, if, if you are in God's kingdom because you have received Christ as your Savior, these words are not only addressed to Jesus, but they're addressed to you as well. Um, I think I could easily put in the word, this is my daughter, this is my son, whom I love. You see, when God wants to communicate to you his true identity, he says, you belong to me, and I belong to you. There's that relationship in which the Heavenly Father is mine, and I belong to Him. Wow. A powerful, a powerful foundation for identity. I don't have to make up my own identity. I know growing up, teenage years, 20-somethings, I'm struggling. Who am I? What am I good at? I'm just encouraging you, go back to the truth of what the Heavenly Father says about you. You are loved. You are a son, a daughter. And then, and then building upon that, my, my security. Does God really love me? He does. Um, I don't know if you remember the, uh, uh, the old song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. And the next verse, Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things I should, Anyone know the, the second line? 
Jesus loves me when I'm bad, when I do the things that make him sad. Folks, if you are a believer in Christ, if you are a, a someone who follows Jesus, the love that he has for you is not based upon what you do for him. It's not based upon your obedience. It's based upon his choice to sovereignly love you and demonstrate his grace to your life. Don't be deceived by other messages that say, if I just do this well enough, if I just go to these Bibles, if I just do this, then he will love me more. That is not love. That is not the Father's love that he is wanting to found you and, and to, to lay as a foundation in your life. Jesus heard the words, this is my son and everyone around him. This is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. Um, I remember uh, this was a few years ago and uh, we were traveling on home assignments and uh, 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 you know, packing the car with all these luggage, seven people traveling in a van. I mean, quite a task. And and, uh, and uh, I told Rob, who was, I don't know, he's probably 10, 11, 12. And I said, buddy, I need help putting this all together. Actually, I really didn't need help. I could have probably done it myself. But he was there just kind of bringing out luggage. And uh, I said, buddy, I need you to do this with me. In fact, I want you to do it so that then you can know how to do it. And you can be the one in charge of this. And, uh, and so he said, okay, dad. Okay, I'll, I'll do the best that I can. And so the first few times, you know, it was stacked all over the place, and we'd have more luggage outside than we had room for, and I'd come back and help him. And, uh, but then he started getting better at it. And, and all that time, I'm, I'm saying to him, Rob, you're doing a good job, buddy. This is good. Um, and once I remember looking at him, and, uh, and I said to him, Rob, doing a good job. And his face just beamed, just beamed. When he sensed the love of the Father... For him, it wasn't a perfect job. Uh, he'd been working on it for a long time, and yet when he sensed that his father had great pleasure in him, there was a there was a motivation there that was just indescribable. I mean, he was out there first in the mornings to to get the luggage out there and to be able to help. Um, what the father does for us, he he explains to us our identity through his word, through truth. He, he says to each one of us, you are a son, you are a daughter that I love. Nothing can take that away. I have great pleasure in you. There's nothing more than spending time with you. God does not look at us through cross fingers and say, boy, you started off well, and but you know what? God, you're not the person that I thought you are going to turn out to be. That is not God's words to us. But you know what? Those are, those are tapes. Those are messages that we often hear. For some reason, there is something in us, and I would go back to our, the very fall uh, of our sin nature, picking up those things. I go back to our enemy who tries to give us those messages. I, I think we go back to the world around us that gives us those messages. And so the messages of, I am loved, I am secure, I am pleasured in, when I do the right things. Those are messages that we sometimes pick up, like, like lint or like, like dust and junk in our heads. And it's the word of God returning, cultivating God's word in our lives that have a tendency to flush that out, to, to, to move that out of our heads so that we're living 
out of a different paradigm. Um, when I when I sense uh, a, uh, either a criticalness or, or a sense of judgment or or even when I sense, oh, this isn't going the way that I thought. I, I begin to think to myself, Rich, what are you thinking? What do you, how do you think the Father thinks about you in this situation? When I, when I sense there's something in me that would, just, that would just desire for people to know, boy, you know, he's, he's doing a good job. When I'm seeking for things like that, there's something inside me then that, that turns to the truth and says, Heavenly Father, what do you think about me in this situation? So that it's almost some of those, some of those judgmental, uh, some of those critical, uh, some of those issues where I, I'm not seeing myself as, as the Father sees me. Those things are the, the, the things that cause me to begin thinking, what does the Heavenly Father think about me in this situation? What I'm, what I'm trying to get at at this point is that Jesus understood who the Father had made him, his identity, his security, the pleasure, and he continued to cultivate that. The motivation, the motivation that we have. There's a second foundational uh, foundation for us, and it has to do with the method of serving. We talked about the motivation, the the method of serving answers the question, how do I serve? I cultivate humility in my life when I daily choose to follow Jesus' agenda. If you just read with me as I... Look at the text in verses 4 through 11. I chose just that one verse. So, so, so he got up from the meal and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Now, what is the so referring to? It's the first three verses where it says that Jesus knew why the Father had brought him to earth. He knew where he was going and he knew his timing. That was the motivation that allowed him then to take off his outer garment, put around himself a sash, and begin serving. The method of serving that, that he's wanting to develop in us is that method of developing humility, of uh, humbleness. Um, let, me, let me remind you that uh, foot washing in the, uh, in the ancient times, in the time of Jesus, was not for leaders. It was not for teachers. Foot washing was, uh, was usually reserved for, for servants. And in the upper room that night, there weren't any other servants. And so as the people came in, they, uh, I mean, they wore sandals. And it was just common that, uh, that there would be a foot washer at the door so that they could enjoy the meal together. They would be clean. Uh, but there was no servants there that night. And uh, none of the disciples were uh, willing to get some water in a, in a basin. And so Jesus, because he knew what the Father had said about him, was able to stand up and take on the form of a servant, and began washing the disciples' feet. In John 13, we see the, uh, we see the actions of Jesus. But what was going on inside of his head? What was going on underneath the, uh, the actions of Jesus? Um, next slide looks at a text in Philippians chapter 2, that reveals the attitude that was in Jesus. Uh, we saw the actions in, in John 13. Let's take a look at what the, the attitude of Jesus was. 
In Philippians chapter 2, Paul describes his attitude as this. He says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Meaning, he didn't have to prove his godness to someone. He didn't have to hang on to it and say, look at me, everyone, I'm God, and this is the model that I want you to take. He did it naturally. He didn't have to prove who he was because he was it already. He wasn't going to be more God or less God. He didn't have to prove it. But he made himself nothing. Verse 7, the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Basically, Jesus acted out the attitude of humility that was inside his heart. That, that word for humility in, in English, if you look in the, uh, in the Webster Dictionary, it comes from the, the word for humus, which literally means dust or dirt. So when we're thinking about humility, we're, we're thinking about something that isn't, uh, that isn't just a static position that we're in, but rather it's who we are. We're, we're like dust. We're, we're seeing ourselves as something that's very simple. The attitude, the method, the manner in which we serve has to do with humbly serving others. Um, on, my, uh, on my marriage license, it, it's got uh, my wife's name, my, my name, and then the people who are officiating at the, uh, at, the, uh, at the ceremony. There's something that I think that needs to be on there, and it's... Uh, and it's like a, a pack of cigarettes that has that warning on it. And I think there's, there's, uh, there's laws that it has to, that, that warning has to be like 30% of the box or something, all right? And that warning is, has various things. Warning, this, this uh, cigarette smoking can cause cancer. Uh, cigarette smoking can cause uh, low baby weights. Uh, but it's supposed to cover a large part of that that's box of cigarettes. Of course, you wouldn't know anything about that. I just know because I've uh, looked at it. I think a marriage license should have that same amount of warning. And it says this, warning, marriage can greatly disrupt your selfish nature. All right, let, let me explain that. Um, got married when I was 23. Um, was really, really glad I met this beautiful woman at college, was glad to be uh, her friend, that she would even choose me. It was like amazing. Uh, we were planning, on, we were getting married. Uh, and I thought, well, she's a beautiful woman, but, you know, I'm not a bad guy. I'm, I'm ready to get married. I'm going to provide for her. And uh, she's not getting a bad end of the deal. Uh, and then I got married. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I began to see how selfish I was. My life of just kind of running my own schedule, my life of, you know, I want to do this so I go do it, began to run, or, or run into a, another person's schedule. And, uh, and when she was sick, oh my, okay, I want to help her now. And oh, that kind of goes against what I wanted to do. And so I began to realize, wow, this, this marriage thing is, is quite, a, quite a dangerous thing. In, uh, in changing your, your selfishness. But then, I didn't realize how selfish I was until I started having kids. And there was another step. 
and I began to realize, man, it's just my wife and I, and this is great. And now we got this someone who's like up in the middle of the night, and we have to get up and change the diaper, and, and they're sick, and, and, uh, and then they get to be like six or two, and they're saying no to us, and, and then they get to be 17, and, and they say no to us, and, and, uh, and I began to realize how selfish I am. Brothers and sisters, this, I, I talk about the method that Jesus is trying to cultivate about humility. It's a never-ending thing. You don't get there. If you think you're there, you're not there. All right? And yet Jesus, because of who he knew he was, didn't have to prove his godness. He didn't have to prove who he was. But rather, it motivated him to serve because of the humility. The attitude that was in him came out in actions. When I'm having a a hard time showing respect, when I'm having a hard time with dealing with, with someone, whether it my wife, my family, with other co-workers. It's, uh, as I was saying before, it's, it's, uh, it's a way of looking back and saying, what do I think the Father thinks about me? What does he call me in being pleasured and loved and protected? Um, first foundation is a motivation, a motivation of that comes from who I am, believing the truth of God. The second foundation is about the method It's about the humility that I'm cultivating by admitting who I am and serving, following the agenda of Jesus. And then the third, the third foundation is what do I do with this? What do I do? I think simply I entrust myself to my Heavenly Father. In chapter 13, verses 12 through 17, Jesus says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet you also should watch one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed. You will be content. You will be happy. You will be joyful if you do them. The mandate to serve, the must to serve. And what I'm encouraging you here, don't get hung up on the method that Jesus did of of washing people's feet, but rather look at the mandate behind that, which is uh, the example that he's talking about, isn't necessarily to carry around a, a wash basin and a towel, but rather the example that Jesus has given to us is the radical laying aside of self, the putting off of any position that we have so that we might serve the people around us. Jesus entrusted himself to his heavenly Father. We are called to serve people who are unlike us. We are called to serve people who will not love us back, who will not give us good vibes by saying thank you. Sometimes that happens, and that is a, that's a very encouraging thing. But yet God calls us in the ways of life to minister to people who, who may not say thank you, who may not even realize what we're doing for them whether that's in our family, whether that's in our job, 
whether that's in the school, in our context, we, God is calling us to follow Jesus' example by entrusting ourselves to him. Um, motivation, method of humility, mandate to entrust ourselves to him. Um, there was a, I think, as I heard from, from some of the elders today, some, some good things that happened yesterday. Uh, uh, we don't know the effects that that are going to have. We don't do it just so we know what the effects are going to be. We do it because God is motivating us and, and working in us that we might minister to people around us. Uh, I hope this, is, this, isn't, uh, this won't be just a one-time thing, but might be something that, that God would be leading you to do, connecting with the city, with these organizations on a regular basis. Um, Ryan was, uh, was a part of a, of a group that worked down at the, uh, the school down in Eldora. Is that correct, Ryan? Where, where are you at? Okay. Ryan, could I just get you to come up? Um, does anyone have a mic that I could? Okay. HH5 is what it says. There. Test one, two, three. Okay. Um, Ryan, just, just a short, you know, what, what, was God, what was God doing in you? during that time yesterday. Are you able to describe the thoughts, feelings? What was going on inside Ryan yesterday? Yeah, yesterday we uh, had the privilege to go down to the state training school and um, talk to the students during their sermon there. And uh, uh, kind of Jeremy and Chad had talked to me prior to that about uh, um, giving my testament and my story of what had brought me to Christ, and because of Chad's sickness, he called me on a Thursday, and he said, okay, well, we'll kind of go through, you know, what we're going to talk about and everything on Friday. Well, then Chad was sick on Friday, so he wasn't here, so, okay, well, we'll talk about it Saturday before we go. Well, then Chad was sick on Saturday, so I was like, okay, uh, it's my my story, you know, I know it, you know, so I'm I'm." I'll be okay, you know, I don't really need these highlights and points of my life. And so we went down there, and we were getting ready to, you know, we had lunch with the kids and talked to s some select kids. And the kids uh, that come into the chapel, they come into the chapel on, the, it's their decision to come to the sermon. And so we kind of gone through some things. I kind of talked to Jeremy about, you know, I had kind of an outline in my head about, things I want to talk about and tell them and relate to them with my past experiences getting in trouble as a child and as a juvenile and kind of my life and what's brought me here and the person that I am today and my relationship with the Lord. And so we ate lunch with them and kind of talked to them and everything and I was fine and then we were sitting down and they were all coming in and then it's like, oh, a um, little bit of fear. I'm all nervous in. and okay. it's like, okay. I got to stand up in front of all these people and tell my story. You know, it's, it's, it's not a, a story that I'm proud of, but now it's not a story that I'm ashamed mm -hmm. of because mm -hmm. of the work that the Lord's done in my life. So we were singing the songs, and I knew my time was coming, that Chad was going to call me up. And I just said a quick prayer, and I just prayed that the Lord would give me the strength and the courage 
and to kind of bury this anxiety that I had going on to be able to go up and tell these uh, students my story and for them to have their hearts and minds opened and to listen to my story. And I knew my story and I knew of it, but until I actually got up there and started speaking, it was just the Holy Spirit that had come over me and the words that were coming out of my mouth and being able to connect to these students of how the trouble that I was in prior to before I joined the Navy, I went off to the Navy and I had this confidence of, you know, structure and achieving things and all this good stuff and I was taken away from all the bad and everything and just kind of the opportunity that they had at the state at the training school and how that how that made me feel good and positive but then after I got out of the Navy I went back to the same to this I went back to home and I went back to that I had this confidence that I could be the person that I was in the Navy but I found myself falling back into the trouble and everything that I had before that because I lost the structure. Mm. And it wasn't until that I found the Lord in that structure in my life that I've been able to become the person that I am. Mm. And I didn't have any of this planned. I didn't have this speech or this relation to them to tell them. But it was just overwhelming to be able to relate to them and to be able to tell them that, everything that you're doing here and the positive and everything you, you have now is great and awesome. But when you go back mm -hmm. home and you get out of here, if you don't have the Lord in your life and as your Savior, then you're going to be right back in the same position that you were in. Hmm. And it That's was just great. overwhelming to be able to have that. Any response from these guys? Uh, uh, what, what did you? Yeah, a lot of them, you know, um, came up and said thank you, you know, for sharing their service. And then we went on and we played uh, softball with the kids and we kind of got an opportunity to and uh, Dewey got a chance to share his his story and everything and uh, one of the gentlemen after that you know asked w was talking to Dewey after that and I kind of jumped in and and was talking to him also about it because he is uh, he was 16 or 17 and when he went to the training school he had just gotten a girl pregnant and she was now two months old. And so she, he was really interested in our s stories and everything because he didn't want, he wanted to feel the forgiveness and be able to be a good father and, and not be judged in his new, mm -hmm. in his new life, in his child's life. Yeah. And, and we portrayed to him that, you know, that, you know, with the Lord and, and, and you know, you can be forgiven and use the best of your time here and, you know, to be able to go back home and carry that on. And, and now that you have a great influence mm -hmm. on your child's life and also your family's life and everything yeah. else. So yeah. a lot of good stuff came out of that. And good. hopefully I look forward to us as a church being able to do more with them and, and do that. So I think it's a good opportunity that we have. And, That's great. And so. Brian, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for just being willing, not just, but just for being willing to just share your testimony, to just be present there with them. Uh, thank you for that. Um, 
I think that's, that just highlights for me that there are, there are really two, two kingdoms uh, in this world. Uh, there's two kingdoms. One of them is a kingdom in which God is, is building, God is working, uh, where he is king, uh, where he is the leader. And uh, Jesus said that the kingdom is here, but it's also coming. And, uh, and it's present, that kingdom is present in every person's life as Jesus is Lord in their life, as God is Lord, is the words that Jesus used. So there's a kingdom where there's joy, there's satisfaction, there's not striving to prove yourself. There's humility, there's love, there's caring. That's God's kingdom. And then there's a kingdom of, of man. There's a kingdom in which people live, they, they work, they grow up, uh, they're working hard to, to do the best that they can. Uh, they show success in, in, in developing their gifts. Uh, but it's a kingdom of man. And what happens is that people, the Bible talks about a kingdom of men who are then transferred into the kingdom of God. Colossians 1 says that we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light as we receive Christ, as we depend upon him. Wonderful thing. That, that the Bible talks about that as being born again into a new kingdom. Okay, I mean, the, the fellows that, uh, that Ryan was talking about, uh, we're talking about that. I'm, I'm living in this kingdom, this is good, but I want to know more about this kingdom. Wonderful, life-changing, life-altering experience as we become part of this kingdom. But, but let me just go on with the story. What happens is that often I move from this kingdom and then I into, into God's kingdom and life goes on and yes, Jesus is Lord, but there's a part of me that says I start building my kingdom again where I'm, uh, I'm trying to do the best that I can, and, and there's, there's joy and peace, but there's also sometimes discouragement or, or there's, there's failures. Um, and, and I'm asking God, God, would you bless my kingdom, the kingdom that I'm working to build? And all the time the Father is, is saying, there's one king in my kingdom, there's one leader in my kingdom, and that is me. Will you continue joining my kingdom? You see, that, that happens on salvation. I join God's kingdom. But there's a continual day by day of submitting to the king and following in his kingdom. And folks, that is a day by day journey for me. It's a day by day journey for each one of you who claims to be a follower of Jesus. Of coming back under the lordship of Jesus in his kingdom. God does not want to build your kingdom. He wants to build his kingdom. And so my question to you today is which kingdom do you want to choose to live in? You may be here today and for the first time you may say, I want to I move from my kingdom of darkness where I am the Lord and I am leading my kingdom and I want to move into God's kingdom. My word for you today is, is trust in Jesus. Receive his gift of salvation. Receive the righteousness that he desires to give you in your life. By confessing your sin, praying and asking him to, to be savior of your life. That may be the first step you need to take today.
Another step that you may be, you may be uh, serving in God's kingdom. You've been a believer. You've, you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And you want to say today, God, so many ways, I'm building my kingdom, and I'm asking you to bless my kingdom. I want to give up my plans. I want to serve in your kingdom, Father, your kingdom where you reign, where righteousness reigns, where humility reigns. And that kingdom is shown by a picture of just what Ryan was talking about. I have a testimony, and I just want to share my testimony. I just want to be and do what God is asking me to do. I want to be in in God's kingdom so that he's building his kingdom in my life. Folks, that's not a one-time decision you make for the rest of your life. That's a daily decision that we come to. And that may be the step that you may need to, to make today as well. Father, I want to be in your kingdom. I want to live so that you're building your kingdom in my life. I'm tired of trying to build my kingdom. It's wearing me out. There was a, D.L. Moody was was an evangelist, and I'll just close with these words. Um, He said this, the world is yet to see what God can do through a person totally surrendered to him. Dale Moody was an evangelist, but he also spoke very clearly to believers who were following Jesus. The world is yet to see somebody who's totally following Jesus. And Dale Moody knew that that was a daily experience. And he said, I want to be that man. I want to be the person who is totally surrendered in my life today. And I want to continue to make that decision to follow him. Let me close with prayer. I think there's going to be a, a final song today, and, uh, uh, and then we'll have time of, of just fellowship and talking. Um, let me just begin with, or close with prayer. Our Father, we thank you that you have offered to us a gift of salvation, that you have offered to us the ability to to move from our kingdom into your kingdom. And you do that by transforming us, by by causing us to be born again. Father, I I pray for those who would be here today that have never made that step, chosen that step of being yours and receiving your love so that they could belong to you, that they would make that step today of confessing, of, of choosing to trust in you. Father, for those of us who have been following you, Lord, that today would be a a renewal, a refreshment, a different perspective of of being motivated by your love for us, your truth for us, that we would desire to uh, be in your kingdom, that we'd make you Lord continually, that we'd seek that you would be building your kingdom through us. Thank you. Thank you for working in our hearts in ways that we don't expect. Thank you for surprising us uh, by showing up in many ways, and we we invite you to do that more and more. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.